Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is, a Wednesday, June 23rd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. As uh, we tick down the days, as we get closer and closer to the NHL expansion draft, to NHL free agency, the NHL draft, and as we tick closer to maybe finding out the schedule for the NHL coming up soon. From uh, some reporting that uh, I saw recently, it looks like clubs are being sent two versions of the 21-22 schedule, one with the Olympic break and one without the Olympic break because we're still waiting for resolution on that for next season with a tentative start date, according to reporting, of October 12th. So uh, we're ticking down the days to get Flyers hockey back, but a lot of business to take care of between now and then. And, you know, it's weird because... I was thinking about what to talk about on this episode, and there's, some, there's something that just kept sticking out to me, and I wanted to talk about it, and I've wanted to talk about it for some time. In, in light of the Sixers losing in the second round of the playoffs in Game 7 against the Atlanta Hawks, and the way they went about their rebuild, obviously the process, in quotation marks, was, and trust the process, was a, a polarizing way of doing things. Uh, they purposely lost in my estimation, for four years. I mean, the third year of the process, they won 10 games. The next year, they won 28. They had an 18-game win season and, I believe, a 12-win 12 12 season in there as well. And that's a lot of pain. That's four years of intentionally trying to be bad in sports. And they haven't gotten past the second round of the playoffs even with doing that. And, and the intention was to draft at the top of the draft, get the high-priced superstar dynamic talent, and that was the way to do it, or one way to do it, uh, and do it for multiple years so you had multiple chances in case all of those opportunities at the top of the draft didn't work out, which they didn't. I mean, you saw draft picks of every uh, guys from Michael Carter-Williams to Jaleel Okafor to Nerlens Noel, who didn't turn out, uh, to guys like Joel Embiid, uh, Markel Fultz, and Ben Simmons. Two of those, Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons, were number one overall picks, and neither of those guys have really worked out yet to that stature as well. Embiid has, but he's obviously got tentative health issues. Uh, but, you know, doing that was never a guarantee. And throughout the process, as I worked on radio for many years, people would tweet me or call me on the radio and say, the Flyers need to do what the Sixers did. Look at the, look where they're headed. Look at the stars they have. Well, they still haven't gotten past the second round. So just because you have star players doesn't mean you get great results. And it just reminds me of so many conversations that we've had here on the podcast recently where we're, we talk about team building and the way to build a team in today's NHL. And while, you know, we talk about it when Montreal or excuse me, Toronto got knocked out and saying, look at all the talent they have, all that high priced talent with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, William Nylander, all this dynamic talent. But they haven't gotten past the first round of the playoffs in five years. They've been knocked out in the first round. And then you look at teams like, uh, you know, Edmonton, who's gotten past the first round just once with Connor McDavid, who is, by to me, the most dominant professional athlete in any of the four major sports, uh, let alone just hockey. And you, you look at these teams that are having success in the playoffs. You know, Colorado knocked out in the second round. They have not gone on a run with a guy like Nathan McKinnon yet. They haven't made a conference final. And it just it speaks to me about team building and how to do it. Uh, first of all, the notion of tanking in the NHL to get top picks, Toronto kind of did it too. 
and they got Marner and they got Matthews and they went out in free agency and spent it on Tavares and they drafted the Lander. So they, they have some high end talent there that there was they suffered pain to draft, but it hasn't paid off yet. Does that mean it's not going to pay off ever? No, it doesn't mean that. But what it means is when you get those type of players, it's not a guarantee of playoff success. Well, it has been good for them in the regular season, and it's been dynamic and fun hockey to watch. The difference between regular season hockey and playoff hockey is so pronounced like the NBA is different in the regular season and it is in the playoffs. So what do you need to win in the playoffs? Because I look at these four teams that are left, and you look at Tampa, who's taking on the Islanders, and they just kicked the living doors off of, of the Islanders the other night, 8 to nothing. It's only one game, and the Islanders uh, are going to be playing for their playoff lives coming up tonight. And then, of course, Montreal taking on Las Vegas. And Vegas looked like, you know, the wagon in the playoffs that was going to be impossible to beat. But Montreal is playing really well. And when I look at Montreal and, you know, this notion that the Flyers are so far away. And, you know, because you watch these playoffs and and the Flyers didn't look like any of these teams during the regular season. Of course not. You only look like a playoff team when you play in the playoffs. Now, the Canadians in the regular season, they, they got into the playoffs this year in this differently aligned divisions with the worst record of any team to get in the playoffs. 59 points. The Flyers had 58 points this regular season. 58. So they finished one point behind the Canadians, who quite possibly could be playing in the Stanley Cup final. Now, are the Canadians a great team? Or are they built for the playoffs? Or are they just on a heater? I I don't think they're a great team. I think they're a good team. And Mark Bergevin, the general manager made some really smart moves, and I look at a guy like Tyler Toffoli this last offseason as an example of that, and a guy that comes in and you know scores top five most goals in the league, is a, is a former champion and won two cups out in L.A. You know, I see those kind of guys, and th- those are savvy moves. Now, were they the big splashy move? Was he the splashy move like Seth Jones or Jack Eichel? No, but he was the right move, and it's about team building. So, when I think of all that, I look back at it and I said, well, how should the Flyers approach this offseason? First of all, the notion that they're light years away and they're five, six, seven players on the roster away. I think that's baloney. I think we've seen it year in and year out. When you look at a team that was one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference the year prior, and they were one of the bottom teams in the Eastern Conference this year, they actually weren't even one of the bottom teams. It was a hellish year because they gave up so many goals. But when you look at them from a record standpoint, they had the 14th worst record in the NHL. It, people want to say this season was worse than the 06-07 season. That's total BS. It wasn't worse. It was just because expectations were way more inflated. And recency, you lived it now, so it feels worse than it did then. But I got news for you. In 06 with that team, they were horrible. They finished with the worst record in franchise history, the worst record in the league. It, it, it makes what happened this year look like chopped liver. That, that season was horrible. This season was bad, and it didn't meet expectations. But they're not as far as people think. A lot of guys had down years in a very unique circumstance. A couple of savvy moves and the right moves by the general manager changes things drastically. Look at how much things changed going into Elaine Vino's first year. Not a whole heck of a lot. You acquired Tyler Pitlick, and you acquired Matt Niskanen. Those were the big changes, and you signed Kevin Hayes. Were they that drastic? 
to take that team that was not a playoff team the year before and turn it into one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference? Those aren't huge moves. Those aren't splashy moves. Those aren't Jack Eichel. Those aren't Seth Jones. Those aren't Dougie Hamilton. But look how much it changed the team. So you have to consider that when trying to you know, figure out what to expect this offseason. Look, I think the organization needs a splashy move, needs a big name, and needs some real big change. But that's not always necessarily, and I asked Bill Meltzer this question in Monday's episode. Is it about the splashy move for the fan base or is it about the right move? Now, you can accomplish both. It can be a splashy move and it be the right move. I happen to think that if you sign Dougie Hamilton, that'd be a pretty good move, provided the money wasn't insane. Or if you acquire Seth Jones, I, I, I think that's a great move. Again, as long as you don't go overboard and as long as you can extend them. Or if you trade for him and you're not going to extend them, the package can't be, can't be overwhelming. So there's a lot of things to consider here. But again, I think this notion of team building is really interesting. And I look at Montreal as a prime example. And I look at the Flyers as a prime example. You know, people, I keep seeing it now, saying the only reason the Flyers beat Montreal in the first round in the bubble was because Carter Hart bailed them out. But I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah, Montreal spent a lot of time in the Flyers zone. But the shots they got were never high-quality shots. If you look at the deep data on that series, if you've seen the clear sight analytics, the stuff that Steve Ellicott puts together, there were very few high-danger chances against the Flyers from Montreal. Yeah, Carter Hart was good. He did what he had to do, and at times he had to make spectacular saves. But Montreal never drove the play. Montreal never outchanced the Flyers from a high-danger perspective significantly more than the Flyers did them. We have to stop looking at shots as the barometer or zone time. It's about quality of shots. That's what matters. We saw that in the beginning of this season. And when Flyers had more shots but less high-quality shots than their opponents, we saw what that looked like too. And that didn't look good. That was losses. Wins were when you outchanced your opponent with high-danger chances. So, again, it's this notion of team building in this offseason that I'm really, really interested in. Um, I see all these four teams that are still left in the playoffs, and I look at their blue line. They're all big, big, physical blue lines. That can move. You need a little bit of both. But I don't think you can throw out a blue line that's completely undersized across the board and have success. Because I think that wears down in the playoffs. The playoffs are different. It becomes about every inch. In the regular season, it's about every 10 feet that's contested. In the postseason, every inch is contested of the 200 by 85. So when you're building a team... And you look at a team like Tampa, they had all the talent in the world. They'd go up and down the ice, they'd outscore you, and they, they, would, they had so much dynamic offensive talent, but they couldn't defend, and they, they, they didn't have enough toughness. Then they went out and they got the toughness, and they got some grit, and Blake Coleman, and Barkley Goudreau, and Pat Maroon. And they wanted to win the Cup, and they're a team that very well could go back and win another one this year. I'm not saying it's because of those guys, but they, they didn't win the Cup because they didn't have that element. And now that they have that element... They have all the elements you need. They have goaltending, they have great D, they have size and grit, and they got tons of talent. And they're well coached. That's what you need to win a cup. And you got to check all those boxes. It seems like a lot of boxes to check, but again, go back before Elaine Vino's first season and look at the moves the Flyers made going into that year. 
It was basically three guys. Kevin Hayes, Matt Niskanen, and Tyler Pitlick. Was it that much of a difference? Was that splashy? No. But it made a huge difference in the construction of the team and look at the team they were. Maybe that could be done again this offseason and maybe a splashy move in there as well. We'll see. Got a lot of time for that to take place. We're creeping up to the expansion draft, the NHL free agency period and draft. So a lot's going to happen, and we'll see how it shakes out for the Flyers. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Everybody, have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of Flyers Daily.